welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, alongside Dan and Joe. Hello. What up, Boose? How is it going, our tribal chief? You Still believe, tribal believe you me, both of you. After that weekend, you will still acknowledge me as the tribal chief. What a weekend. But yes, no, I'm fine. How are you both doing? Yeah, good. Like you said, what a weekend. Lots of wrestling. Literally been watching wrestling Too every much. day. Too yeah, we were that. Wrestling. We watched that much that we had like wrestling with draws, and we started watching the original series of Tough Enough then as well. Dear God. Well, when you guys messaged me and said, well, and Jamie, Jamie's not here this week. He is performing in Shrek the Musical, so best of luck to him. Um, but yeah, when you guys mentioned, oh, NXT is about to start, <laughs> if you want to watch it, and I was like, I can't, I, I can't watch it knowing that I've then got night one of Mania and night two of Mania to follow. I'll burn myself out before I even start. And you guys are have like, you watched burn yourself out. No, I haven't. And I tell you what, I haven't watched as well, terribly. I still haven't watched the Hall of Fame, which I will watch. I will get around to it because I am always interested in the Hall of Fame. I just haven't got, got We've around seen to it. Sound. Well, it means a change. I bet Jamie hasn't. <laughs> I'd be surprised if Jamie even watched Mania. He did. He was talking to me during it. I mean, highlights of both. I mean, with NXT, it's worth a watch. Um, the, the matches I definitely say to go back and watch is the uh, Johnny Gorgano versus Grayson Waller match. All the way through, I was like, this has the potential to be one of the matches of the weekend. Um, there was some at Mania that actually overtook it, which I'm happy about. But that match was absolutely incredible. Really Hartwell earlier as well um that kind of added to it and like all of index of Johnny Gorgani the way family raising the hands at the end was pretty cool um but the Hall of Fame was actually decent it was on straight after Smackdown um what annoyed me is usually they show the people the famous faces in the crowd previous mm. Hall of Famers and stuff. like Trish was there um there was a, a couple of the horsemen were there Dean Malenko was there for example but I think there was quite a lot of AEW stars were up on the well, stage. Andrade was there and Malachi Black and things like that. Weren't and Buddy Murphy. probably didn't want to show them. Yeah. And Dean Malenko is, um, I think he's, he's like a producer agent. Yeah. Yeah. And William Regal can't be shown on WWE television. So for that reason, I think they were trying not to show people up there as much. Um, there were pictures and stuff going around showing that they were in the crowd. So I, I get why they did it, but that's half of the fun of the Hall of Fame is going, oh, hang on a minute. You remember when we saw like Daniel Bryan in the background when he's Bryan Danielson because he was one of Shawn Michaels' students before he'd yeah. even been in WWE? And he was like the Ring of Honor champion. And he was then like Nick Aldis sat next to um, Hardcore Country. You're thinking, oh, that's wicked. You have those little Easter eggs. That's what you look forward to in the Hall of Fame. But um, I. I heard that Ric Flair's speech on The Great Musical was, was basically just him talking about himself the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And then he basically, he ended it by saying, um, Muda looked after my son in, the, in his last days and I'll, I'll always, you know, you'll always have a special place in my heart for looking after him. So that was really nice. But the best induction, uh, well, there was two. You had Mick Foley was inducting Stacey Keebler. I know mm -hmm. last week's pod we were saying, oh, who, who's, who's it going to be? be? Yeah. And i got to be fair, it was brilliant. He was basically saying that you don't expect them to be friends, but they're really good friends. And uh, Conan's speech for Rey Mysterio, I think after that speech, he's putting himself in contention to go in and Hall of Fame himself in a few years' time. That speech was absolutely insane. And he was really good all the way through it. You know, Ray actually kept mentioning him during the speech as well. So definitely worthwhile going back for it. And even the Tim White induction, he, like his one brother looks exactly like him and the other brother sounds exactly like him. So even though it's a Warrior Award, it is weird. It's on a warrior award, but it was put in because of him being such an awesome human being. 
Um, Which is so, nice. Yeah, the best spirit. It, yeah, but really, it's it's a Hall of Fame induction. And later in WrestleMania, they said, oh, um, please welcome WWE Hall of Famer Tynus O'Neill. I'm thinking, well, they haven't really acknowledged Warrior Award winners as Hall of Famers, but now they are starting to. So it might be a trend. They might be putting more referees in there, more ring announcers now under that, that Warrior Award. Now, there might be a trend that we might see in the next few years. Well, yeah, let's see. And I think the only other point that I feel need to mention without watching it is I also read kind of intertwining storyline into it is when Ray was getting inducted, um, Dom and the judge, rest of the Judgment Day got up and walked out and left and wasn't there. Now, did they actually like show that on screen yeah. or? Yeah, they needed to in a way because you could kind of with Kate Fabe and stuff. You, you obviously know that they're in real life. Dom and Ray are actually OK. And you can actually see like Dom smiling. You could see him being proud, but he was actually like playing heel. Um, so it's kind of good in a way that they showed him walking off and the fans booed him and it it led on to it. Um, but no doubt he snuck back in um, and, and saw what, the actual induction. You know, they weren't showing half of the crowd anyway. But yeah, they, they showed him basically walking out with Rhea Ripley. Um, but I think it's good in a way because if he stayed there through the entire thing and all everybody would be doing is looking at his reactions. For anybody, that would have been hard to keep kayfabe. So I think that was a right thing to do with that. That's fair. Well, before we get on to Mania itself, then, there are a couple of pieces of news which we, well, of course, we have to speak about. Well, well, let's get the AEW news out of the way. So Tony Khan with one of his massive announcements that everybody needs to tune in for each and every week that don't (laughs) tend to be much of any... Um, you know, much of any good, but th- this time, certainly for us anyway, for the UK fan base, um, it meant something. I don't know how much of a big announcement it will have been for the rest of Europe and America and the, indeed the rest of the world, but it was certainly big for us. So they have said, Joe, that AEW all in, not all out, so all in is returning under the AEW umbrella and it's coming to the UK in August. Joe, it's going into the 90,000-seater Wembley Stadium. You know what? I think they actually might fill it. Like, all those years ago, um, not to put a bet on, that um, that the Young Bucks couldn't put together a, a stadium show where they couldn't sell it out. I think this is another one where, like, they'll be like, oh, you'll never fill a stadium full of people, you know, they look. They did it a clash of the castle, nearly. They like nearly filled that full, but I think it was a price issue. Yeah. If they keep the prices reasonable, I think it'll definitely sell out. I think they've got to have a lot more British stars in there. I know Nigel McGuinness has just signed. Maybe like Nick Aldis, uh, maybe uh, Will Ospreay will turn up. Like they're doing a lot more now AEW with like a lot of the other promotions. So if they like keep it more like British themes, then I think that they might sell it out. Dan, hmm. they've got to have surely a massive or, or as big as a marquee match as possible, surely. So is this a case that they finally perhaps, I don't know, I know August is still a few months away, but... Do they need something like a CM Punk getting him back and maybe having a CM Punk MJF match, so something like that? What you know, what what could they do in this instance? I think so. I, I, it's one of these ones you need, like you said, you need to sell ninety thousand seats, and it is something that they potentially could do. They they're getting millions of people watching AEW on ITV, 
Um, I do think that they need to have a clever bit of marketing with it. So tickets going on sale in the start of May, uh, just after the May bank holiday. So people being on this morning, uh, which is a, the breakfast show over here in the UK, um, proper promoting it, you know, put him on like the, I'm not sure what is it, Piers Morgan Speaks or something like that. I think they like they could need somebody yeah. to really promote it. But if you look at it now and say, who are your main guys in AEW? You've got Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho, everybody knows Chris Jericho. They know him from the WWE days. But would people go, I need to make sure I buy a front row ticket to Wembley Stadium to see Chris Jericho versus MJF, for example? No, nobody's going to want to go. Like you said, with CM Punk, CM Punk's a name that a lot of people will know. And the casuals will know him as well. Oh, I know CM Punk. He's that WWE guy who got, you know, he left controversially and he's had a lot of controversy around him. Realistically, looking at that, Joe said that you need... Um, some British talents to get over. I mean, you could have the British Bulldog. Um, he's currently, I think he was in Bloodsport this weekend. And he did mm-hmm. quite well. So yeah. he potentially is a name. If they said, oh, but British Bulldog's going to be in the main event versus Kenny Omega. And then the yeah. British Bulldog was on the telly, for example. Um, they talked about his father's legacy. He comes out with like Matilda 2.0. Um, I think that would be a cool shout, having someone like Davey, um, Harry Smith be a part of that and because he's closely linked to blood sport where we've seen people like john moxley i think that is a possible possible um with will osprey joe i think that's a great shout as well um he's still linked with new japan and new japan have been doing a lot of work with their titles being defended on AEW as well um united empire is getting massive at the moment as well dan maloney from um progress and um, rev pro he's just been added to the empire as well so there's a lot of these British talents um, that can link towards the forbidden door of um, New Japan and um, a lot of the impact guys as well, you know, like the Joe Hendrys and stuff potentially could link in. And of course, Grizzle Young veterans have just been released from WWE this week. They're only going to have a 30 day non-compete clause and they are one of the best tag teams in the world that have not been used properly in the past year. So there's many different options that they could have. But in terms of selling out their stadium, I agree with you, Tyron, they need a big match. And I think the best way of doing that is somebody like a Harry Smith or getting somebody big, you know, having having a big marquee match like a CM Punk that will sell at the stadium. But also tickets being cheap. If tickets at the top nosebleeds are 20 quid, the front rows are 300, yeah. 400, you are easily going to sell that stadium out. I mean, you look at Soccer Aid, for example, um, which is a charity football game in July uh, when it's football off season they managed to sell that out but the reason they managed to sell that out is tickets are usually 10 20 quid anywhere in the stadium so it's easy to sell out so I think they need to be clever and WWE although they had a lot of interest sold their tickets way too high um, and they were 68,000 people in attendance but in the Principality in Cardiff that easily could have been 80 85,000. They could have got 20,000 more people if the prices were a little bit lower. Um, so I think AEW will be smart. But the good thing is Tony Khan knows the British scene. You know, he owns Fulham. He spends a lot of time in the UK. So I think that will be to his benefit as well. And he'll listen to ITV and, and, and see what they say. So I think it's very exciting. And I'm hoping that all of us get to go. Well, fingers crossed. I think we've got a much better chance of bagging a ticket for this than we did Money in the Bank anyway. You know, twice the size, more than twice the size, the stadium and the O2 Arena as well. And whilst I suspect ticket prices will be cheaper than Money in the Bank, as you say, I I think there's certainly more of a possibility of us being able to nab one than not. 
believe it or not, about with money in the bank. I've been keeping an eye on their tickets for like reselling stuff. They're, I know they said it's sold out for money in the bank, but it's not. There's still tickets available. Um, and I've heard on the grapevine just to keep an eye on it. There's been some tickets, £350 for the two nights, which I was half tempted with. It's 175 per night, but still, mm. that's still a little bit steep for me. But it got me interested um, because with the WWE Life uh, process, they're actually bringing over a few shows, going to like Nottingham, Glasgow, but they're going to Cardiff the night after Money in the Bank. So I was quite tempted. I thought, well, if I can't go to Money in the Bank in the O2, because tickets are mega bucks and they're sold out, I wonder how much they are in Cardiff, because it's, it's literally only 10 minutes away from me. And so that's just a, a house show, yeah? Yeah, just a house yeah. show. So normal tickets in the tiers, uh, 70 quid, which... I thought was absolutely ridiculous. I've seen there's some resells on there. It's for a house show. Yeah. Yeah. And I've looked at it and I would say only half of the arena is sold, but they're selling them at £70 in tiers. They're selling them for £200, £300 for a row. Whereas when I went to see WWE 10 years ago on a house show in Cardiff, you had the tiered seats 20 to 30 quid. And then I would always go for front row and you could get them for 60, 70. And you'd be with a rampway and be able to engage. Easily. It just feels like WWE, I know that we're going to lead on to the Endeavour sale in a minute, but they just try it. They know what they've got and they know the appeal out there. And people and milking it out of us, they are. That's what they're I doing. I do. I feel like I'm being milked like a cow. And I'm starting to get, I think, and probably other people are getting the same. They're feeling fed up of WWE trying to milk us. And if AEW are successful and they advertise the show really cheap and they sell it out and they show that they can pack out a stadium, you know, you look at WWE, only could sell 68,000 for um Clash of the Castle and then you've got all in and the ninety thousand seater stadium and they sell it out. AEW ultimately have won that then and that's that's for them. It's easy easy fruit to pick. And I, I hope they do it to be fair because it might actually kick WWE up the butt. Well there we go then. And you alluded to that WWE sale. So let's talk about it then before we talk about Mania. So Absolutely. This week it was confirmed that the sale is, I don't know if it officially is, it's gone through as far as the agreement. I still think it takes a month or two for everything to be signed off and all the paperwork to go through. But effectively, you know, it's done, it's happening. The sale to Endeavour, the parent company of UFC, has happened. There's effectively going to be a mega global conglomerate merger of the two companies together under the Endeavour umbrella. And from there, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I think, was it about $9 billion in the end? About that, yeah. And yeah. I think Endeavour get about 51%, something like that, in respect of it. And then the rest is all shared between WWE side and shareholders and all that type of business. Um, Vince McMahon himself effectively becomes like second in command and, and heading up the WWE side of things, but second in command of Endeavour as well. And whilst we'll speak about it properly later... It certainly looks like after this Endeavour side of things was signed off before the news came out that Vince very much had his hands back in things in mm. respect of potentially WrestleMania Sunday and most <laughs> certainly did. and most certainly um, Monday Night Raw as well. Yeah. So, I mean, without going into details in regards to WrestleMania and Raw, because we'll speak about that later, but I suppose the question to both of you is, What's your thoughts? And we'll start with yourself, Joe. What What's the thoughts on the sale to Endeavour? Is it a good move? And specifically, it kind of makes sense. But also like, Vince being in creative as well, because let's be honest, he's back. Yeah, I mean, 
like or hate Vince, he is the blueprint of wrestling. When you think wrestling, you think of WWE. Like when you think of Cola, you think of Coca Cola, not Pepsi. Like he is the ultimate brand of wrestling. You mean every other wrestling company wants to be WWE? He is the blueprint of. He's taken a, a national company that was on cable television and made it a worldwide phen- phenomenon. You know, you know. I, I'm not going to comment on what he's done and what he's allegedly accused of, but you know, he's he's built an empire, and yeah, okay, he's getting a bit on now, but it makes sense for UFC and WWE to merge because they're both combat-based. Obviously, UFC is lost word not scripted, <laughs> and WWE well, yeah. is scripted. But um, as far as I'm aware, UFC, like Dana White, the guy who was in charge of UFC. He sold it to Endeavor, but he still runs UFC. So I'm, so it's going to be the same deal, I think, with WWE. Vince McMahon still runs it, but obviously he doesn't own it anymore. Um, I can see a lot of like UFC WWE crossovers, like Conor McGregor versus Brock Lesnar or someone, something like that. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of cross promotion. Obviously, you've got Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler in WWE now. I can see them doing both, to be honest with you like cross promotion between WWE and UFC. So yeah, I, I don't see it as necessarily a bad thing, but Vince being back in control is kind of bad because the night two and, and Roy know we'll talk about later was awful. Go on then, Dan, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean I I, I mirror what Joe said. I'm I actually think it's a, a really good move. I, when we looked at the potential people that were going to be buying WWE and there was a lot of people messing around going, Oh yeah, I'll put in an offer. But this is actually really good. I mean UFC and WWE have been skating the line quite close for many years. You've seen Dana White front row before, you've seen um UFC talent being on the show. You know, we look back into the nineties and you've seen people like Ken Shamrock given a very heavy UFC style uh, Dan Seven as well. So WWE is always mirrored very closely with UFC and also boxing in, in many avenues as well. So in terms of the crossover, I think it's really good both sides because you could have some talent uh, like Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey, they're, they're former UFC people that have transitioned to WWE. But then you've got WWE people who could transition into UFC, like a Chad Gable, for example. I could see Chad Gable getting in an octagon and actually grappling somebody and beating them up. It'd be very convincing. Um, you know, you've had Brock Lesnar, he's done it, he's been a WWE champion and a UFC champion, and those titles have been mentioned and shown before on both products, so it's not a massive shock, and I could see in a year's time or two years' time, you could see UFC and WWE video games combined, um, and you can wrestle as a UFC person, and you can fight in an octagon as a wrestler, they'll have that crossover. Um, so I think it is a really good partnership. I think it'll work well. But in terms of storylines in WWE, you are going to see those more UFC heavy fighters getting a push. So you're going to see people like Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey getting the tag titles. People like Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley getting the world titles. It's going to be very grapple based. They're going to want to show that they are hard hitting. But ultimately, WWE is an entertainment company and they are going to want to have that fun element. I think I read that they wanted Conor McGregor to be Vince McMahon's illegitimate son this week or something. So you are going to get those storylines where they are going to have gimmicks and stuff. That's never going to change. But I do think it's good news compared to who else could have bought the company. It's probably the best out of a bad situation. And Vince being in charge of creative, potentially. You're never going to get rid of Vince. I mean, if you look at Vince as a part, I know we're all moaning lately about 
Vince McMahon and he's rubbish and he's outdated. But if you look about it, 40 years ago, he started WrestleMania. And without him, we wouldn't have had all of these great moments. It is true. Um, he's made a massive company. He, started, he was a millionaire 40 years ago. And now he's a billionaire 40 years on. Um, so he is good. Yeah, I think he is a little bit out of touch. And there are some things that I perhaps don't agree with. But everybody after Monday Night Raw is talking about um, Brock Lesnar turning heel and attacking Cody Rhodes. None of us would have predicted. If you gave people 100 chances to predict what the end would have been after the first night after WrestleMania, none of us would have predicted that. Um, so actually, it was a good turn. But I know we'll talk about Roy in a little bit. There are some things I do disagree with, and I know there is a lot of unrest backstage. So watch this space, but he's been doing the job all of his life. You know, he's doing it for a reason, and there is structure in place to make sure that some standards are still being lived up to. So I think it is one of these cases we just need to watch this space. Fair enough. Right then, Mania it is. WrestleMania 39 or WrestleMania Goes Hollywood, if you want to steal from WrestleMania 21. <laughs> so, of course, back to the traditional, what's now traditional, two-night WrestleManias, which seems like it's definitely what they're going to be doing going forward, which I'm not yeah, against. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I'd, I'd pr- probably prefer if it was a Friday night and a Saturday night instead of a Saturday night and a Sunday night, just because of work. Because I did watch WrestleMania Sunday live. It didn't finish till about 5am in the UK and I had work at 7am. I'm so, so glad we didn't stay up now and you even uh, said you regretted staying up for that. I know, I know. I, I absolutely did. I absolutely did. Um, but yeah, the two night um, event um, at the SoFi Stadium in California. Cool. Let's have a look then. Let's let's break it down, night one and night two, and let's cross-reference that with our predictions and see how we effectively got on. So, <laughs> I can't believe we're having to start with it. <laughs> we kicked off, as we knew we were going to, with the United States Championship match. Austin Theory defending the title against John Cena. And would you, Adam and Eve, it? They did it. They put Austin Theory over, Dan. A town down. Um, actually, I'm happy with it. And I think I didn't think about this one properly. If you if you look to see if John Cena has been advertised to the after WrestleMania, then yes, he's winning the title. But I think um, I heard on the Sam Roberts podcast this week, he said it. John Cena was probably on a flight by the third match. He was probably out of there. He was going somewhere else to film something. That man is a very busy man. Um, so if he's advertised for after WrestleMania, 100% he's going to be winning that belt. But if he's not going to be there, then yeah, put over a new talent. Someone like Austin Theory, he is going to be a future world champion. I know that he's still green in a lot of elements, but I think it is the right result. It's putting him over and ultimately... We say it a lot. You need to build the future stars, and it is, a, is you know something that you can brag about. But then again, Fandango beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, and what happened to him? Oh, so happened it, can, yeah, it can work the other way. But I think this is going to—it's a positive move. I'm happy that I didn't get this prediction right. I think it is for the best that he keeps that title. Wasn't the best match though, was it, Joe? No, it was very short. But um, I think John Cena because he's obviously not wrestling every week he's not got the reps in he obviously he's mostly hollywood superstar now so it was very clunky you know austin theory did put him over it was a very long match if i remember rightly either you know it's what we all it's what i expected you know the veteran 
puts over the younger talent. You know, I thought it was very nice to start. He had all those like Make a Wish Foundation kids there, like granted all their wishes. I thought that was very nice. Well, to... when I saw that, I, I went, yes. My prediction is nailed on. He's like, there is no way he's going to come down to the ring with a group of children from the Make-A-Wish Foundation and not walk out victorious. I've got this one in the bag. And of course, they didn't. They put theory over. However, very much like you said, Dan, I'm not against that because that's what I wanted. I just had a feeling they were going to put Cena over. But, you know, we all wanted theory to go over because it makes sense. And... Because there was a lot of sense with Nightwall of WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I, I think we're all happy with that. But yep, still at United States champion. Austin Theory, and that was a point to Joe and Jamie for getting that one correct. Uh-oh. Second match of the night then was absolutely out of nowhere. One of my favourite, I'd almost kind of put it on par with my favourite match of the whole weekend, in a way, just for the entertainment side of things. The Men's WrestleMania Showcase Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match. We had the Street Profits defeat Braun Strowman and Ricochet, Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders. Guys, there was a lot of decent spots in this one, wasn't there? To the point where I couldn't take my eyes off it. And, you know, like sometimes I'll look at these matches and I'll be like, I'm not saying they're bathroom break matches. I wasn't going into the bathroom, but I might pick up my phone and have a look and look on Reddit or Twitter at what people are saying about the event so far and what they're thinking. This one, I was just watching it. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen from ricochets like shooting star press off the ropes to, I think at one point, everybody got up on the top rope, including Braun, didn't they, and jumped off. Yeah. There was a lot of decent spots, wasn't there? Yeah, it was decent in terms of, They've had loads of intertwining storylines the past few weeks building up to that match. And we thought, oh, Max are male models are going to get involved and Valhalla's going to get involved. And is Ricochet um, and Braun Strowman, are they going to break up because they're not a proper team? Um, I really wish we did the predictions after watching SmackDown because they did this spot where the Street Profits came out and gave a dirty look to um, to the Usos and also to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, almost like, yeah, we're next in line. So it kind of Spoiled. Well, after I saw that spot, I was like, ah, oh, Street Profits are winning this then. I know we all, a lot of us predicted that Braun Strowman and Ricochet for the star power were going to win this match. But I'm happy that um, the Street Profits won. It, you know, they're building that team up to be a bit stronger. We know that split's coming up soon. But like you said, there was a lot of spots in this. Braun Strowman did his little run around the ring and his choo-choo. The only thing, if I could change anything, and I'll say it about another match that was on night two, why do we need Tyler O'Neill on commentary? He's not really done any commentary before. Why? No, but it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. He was it was awful. Like he said at one point, he was like, yeah, they're accompanied to the ring by that oh, Sarah Logan. Oh, oh, no, I got that wrong, didn't I? I'm like, the no. fact that he was calling out the sweaty-ass crack of Otis the whole time, too, <laughs> had me in stitches. What was the other match on night two? I know we'll get on to it. What did he commentate on night two? Uh can't remember i think it was um oh. i think it was a one-on-one match wasn't it it wasn't the showcase was it not oh i don't know oh well, it wasn't the intercontinental title match was it yeah it was because he was talking about big men slapping meat that was it because i thought whilst i still enjoyed the commentary i thought mm, that this one's probably not the match for you to do because it's serious do you know what i mean we did it however the one thing i was laughing about 
for that triple threat match on that too was when they were doing the moves and he was going, ah, oh, call the police, call the police. He was like, he did have me in stitches, but he was probably, sponsored probably by the wrong Lemonade as well. Oh, so was it called uh, Mike's, the Mike's Iced Tea or something? Mike, Mike's Hard Lemonade. That's it. And yeah. he was going through, he said, like, oh, I think I might need to have another can of Mike's after that. I'm like, oh my he God. Loved you wouldn't get away with that, that in UK. Product placement. He really, really did. Right, let's have a look at our... Um, predictions for that one then so i went with Strowman and ricochet got that wrong joe you went with the viking raiders Dan, you went with Strowman and ricochet jamie got the bloody point he was the only one <laughs> that went with the street profit so that's a point for him right then so that brings us on to another decent match it was night one after all seth franklin rollins versus logan paul with KSI dresses that bloody prime bottle which had me in stitches before it even started yeah. as soon as I saw that prime bottle um, yeah so Seth Rollins went over on this one I think we all did we not all get this right yeah so we all got a point for this one Joe but yet again continuing to be surprised with Logan Paul on how you know he, he gets it doesn't he he understands it yeah, I, I was going to say, Logan Paul doesn't have any business being as good as he is. Like, considering he's not a quote-unquote wrestler, he's, I don't know, a celebrity influencer, whatever you want to call him. He's like, he does YouTube, he does all that. And he's actually a really, really good wrestler. And, like, he's a good storyteller in the ring. He's actually, like, everything he does looks decent. You know, if he wasn't such a popular... YouTube star, he could probably do this full time if he wanted to, but like nobody would bat an eyelid. He's like that good, and like KSI, fair play to him. Like he played his part. Like it was just pure like comedy gold. Like him, like in the like prime, prime like logo thing, and like taking the mask off and then like being put through the table. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. It was a really good match. Enjoyed that one, then Dan. Yeah, like Joe, like you said, um, Joe said he was in prime position at KSI. And um, before it, like, uh, I was trying to be spoiler free. And uh, I said, oh, nice prime bottle there he's coming out with. And Joe goes, yeah, KSI's in that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks, Joe. Didn't know that. Um, but no, the actual match, really decent. I like the zip wire coming down to the ring and him talking smack. And then the prime bottle having a little dance. Seth Rollins's entrance where he had the person doing the orchestra. It made me um, laugh when he had the orchestra guy. But then the crowd weren't really reacting to the orchestra guy singing so they had to pipe in the woes at the start to get them going and then once they knew what they were doing yeah, they I did went that, yeah. So I was waiting uh, for like an orchestra to start until I realised he was conducting the crowd yeah but then they weren't singing so they had to start piping it in to get them going um, so it wasn't as organic as it was like in Cardiff for example um, but no the match itself solid match um, like Joe said he really put himself over as a top contender um, and now with this Endeavor deal as well, you can see Logan Paul potentially doing crossovers. You know, imagine Con- Conor McGregor versus Logan Paul in a couple of years' time. Like that would, at WrestleMania, that would be absolutely insane. Um, but the match had the right result. Um, re- some really good spots in it as well, some really good high spots. The bit where um, Logan Paul was going to put Seth Rollins through the table, but then get KSI got pulled in the way. And then he was like trying to save him afterwards. I thought, Added a bit of comedy to it, but it was really good. And it's one of these matches that people will tune in who know nothing about wrestling because they've heard about these YouTubers with their big names. Um, so, yeah, it was good. And I think it is one of the matches of the weekend as well. 
Fantastic. And as I said, we all get the point. Yeah, buddy. The six women tag team match then. This is where I felt like it started. I mean, we're about halfway through the show at this point. And I'm... Right, the one thing I will say about this one is, is Lita didn't look great. No. no. Becky obviously carried it for her team, which is what we expected. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting Lita and Trish to be amazing. You know, they've been out of it for years now. I know they have the sporadic appearances every now and again. In fact, Lita more than Trish. But I do think Lita had a better show. Sorry, Trish had a better showing than oh, Lita. Yeah. Um, albeit minimal. Yeah, I just, I don't know. But from a nostalgic type of point, it was it was good seeing them both, to, to, to be honest. And I'm sure, did I or did I not say? So let's have a look at the, um, let's have a look at the predictions. We all so, went for BLT, didn't we? We all went for BLT. So once again, another point for all of us. But yeah, Joe, what were your thoughts on this one? I did think, whilst entertaining, a little bit sloppy in places. Yeah, as you've said, Tarot, it's like all the nostalgia. It's like Lita and Trish are WrestleMania. Let's get them out here one more time. Obviously, Becky Lynch doing the heavy lifting. I said Trish was actually really good. But yeah, God, Lita's punches were like, she was like waiting for like spots you could like really tell it was like a bit disjointed. You know, damage control. I can't say enough about that. They're they're so good, they're so polished, they all had matching gear, like all of this stuff looked really good. Like they all put in loads of work. Um yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I felt a bit sorry for Lita, like it's like she was almost like out of breath or something, like she needed like a Red Bull or something. <laughs> what did you enjoy it then, Dan? Because I said when I say I enjoyed the match, I, I think at this point I did get up and go and get something to eat. I mean, I missed maybe a minute or two minutes. So, I, you know, I didn't miss half the match, but it was enough for me to think this is the match I'm going to get up and go and get something. I I enjoyed the nostalgia element of it. Like, them all doing their entrances and getting their, their themes played. You know, with Trish Stratus, she came out in an inspired outfit from when she um, had her first match uh, at WrestleMania 18. So yeah. Very similar. She had that big hat on and the big coat that was very similar to WrestleMania 18. But I thought, yeah, Trish put in a really good show in, I thought. Um, I thought she really wrestled quite well. Lita did have a couple spots where she did like this inverted hurricanrana into the corner where she grabbed their head and kind of did a inverted hurricanrana and made them hit the middle turnbuckle. But every time Lita does a moonsault, I like fear that she's going to like land on her neck or land on her head. It's mm. almost like it's short or not. there's not enough rotation in it. Um, but it's just me getting a bit technical about certain moves and stuff for being a smart that's been watching it for 20, 30 years. In, in all, did I enjoy it? I enjoyed the match. Um, was it one of the best matches on the night? No, it wasn't. But in terms of the crowd, the crowd were loving it. Everybody was really happy. And it is a match you expect to see on WrestleMania. It's massive people. Um, I was watching an Ariel Hawani interview with um, Bailey yesterday, actually. And it was from around about the Royal Rumble sort of time. And he asked a question at WrestleMania, what sort of match do you want? He's like, well, I would if I couldn't have a singles match against Lita, then I want to have a big marquee match with my damage control girl, she said. And that's exactly what she got. She also mentioned in that interview with Ariel Hawani that she originally wanted five people in damage control. And some of the other names that she mentioned that were supposed to be in the original damage control were Tegan Knox and Peyton Royce. So mm-hmm. I, I know we've all been saying that Damage control potentially are looking to split, but potentially we could see more names being added. Could Team Carter, Katana, Chance be being brought up? Could people like Dana Brooke be brought over? Because apparently people had signs saying give Dana a chance, 
and that those signs were being confiscated in the crowd this week. So who knows what's going to be happening and what's going to be evolving now after that. Lovely stuff. Okay, then. So we had only the second ever father versus son singles match we did at WrestleMania, where, and can I just put it out there, first of all, the only person to get this prediction right with Rey Mysterio being um, successful was me. I just thought I'd get it out there, no problem at all. Yeah. However, again, I, I'm serious, Dad. I wish I did the predictions like after SmackDown because I thought this was going to be his last, like his retirement match. They're basically during his Hall of Fame speech, we're like, "Yeah, I'm going to the Hall of Fame, but I'm not retiring any soon." Not retiring. I'm yeah. And I was like, "Well, he's not losing then." <laughs> and I was like, "I thought, oh, he's going to give up the mask. He's going to let his son beat him." And then he was like, "No." I'm going to the Hall of Fame, but I'm not retiring. And I'm like, oh, he's going to win then. Was this the match that was sponsored by um, Cinnamon oh, Crunch? So this is the only thing I didn't like about it. Cinnamon Crunch Toasty cinnamon Cereal, crunch, whatever. whatever it was, yeah. Nah, I'm sorry. Who was but... in the Toast Moji, though? Do you know which NXT star was in that costume? No. Sol Ruka from NXT. No. Well, there you go. You've all got to start somewhere, haven't you? Yeah, but she she's amazing. She can like walk on her hands and do these amazing... Flips. I don't. If you've oh, not seen a finish of a soul snatcher, why didn't they? Have, if they had that cinnamon toast crisp walking on its hands, they would have sold a lot more of those boxes, and people would have been loving it a lot more. But she was just there. Whether you've got a WrestleMania moment, that'd be a trivia question in a few years. But I know what you mean. Some of this advertisement placing was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. No, that's fine. So there are. Well. When I say there are things I didn't like about this by Series 1, and we've just alluded to it, that sponsorship, and the fact it was on the LED, like the aprons, the LED doors, and yeah. the ring post, this is supposed to be a serious storyline. Like, you wouldn't have this, you wouldn't have all this sponsorship in the main event. Do, do you know what I mean? Because it, it just, to me, just sli- only slightly, but slightly detracted from what was going on. Yeah, this would have been ideal for something like the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match. It was high spots, a bit of fun. It would have been perfect for that. Yeah, so anyway. What got me, though, is, and I saw a meme, it made me laugh, and it made me think, actually, yeah, you've got a point there. They were like, they showed Aaliyah, Angie, and Ray celebrating, clapping, going up on the turnbuckle, celebrating Ray's big win. It's like they're celebrating beating up one of their members of their family. It's like actually, you know, the son as well. The one person yeah. she should be protecting. You know that meme that keeps cropping up as like, oh, I can't wait to get home and beat my son on WWE 2K13. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. He's like, yeah, it's real life. It's happened. We but need to calm. give. We need to give props to whoever's idea it was for both of those entrances. The Dominic one was absolutely was perfect in the most hilarious over the top. It was way. great. That was that was brilliant. And then the nice tribute to Eddie Guerrero as well, of course, with the low rider with Snoop Doggy Dog driving. Oh, MVP of WrestleMania, Snoop Dogg. Everyone's yeah. saying, oh, Dominic doesn't look anything like Ray. He actually does look more like Eddie Guerrero. But when he had that mask on... Yeah, when he had the mask on, he did. I said that. I think I messaged Jamie because we were obviously watching it live. Um, and I said, he, doesn't he look like Ray? Absolutely. But do you know what? Dominic Mysterio, most improved wrestler of the last year. Not only is he nailing the character down fantastically since he turned heel, his in-ring performances are getting better and better. And you can argue to an extent the opponent's helping carry him slightly along the way. Yeah. And, and he still is, especially with Ray. Um, but yes, yeah, so so much improved both in-ring and character. 
Yeah, yeah I gotta be fair. We were all like going like this time last year when we were watching um was it Logan Paul and the Miz versus the Mysterios and we were like he's out of place and then we were making fun of him a couple months later like how can Logan Paul hit a better frog splash than Mysterious own son? Um, and then you look at it a year later, and he's one of the most hated people. And we're going into WrestleMania Backlash with a potential tag team match involving Bad Buddy. And I'm actually, I know it's something we thought this was going to be the end of that story, but I'm actually excited with it. See, Damien Priest and Bad Bunny versus, um, sorry, Damien Priest and Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny. To be fair, that's the sort of match like a sell out a stadium in Puerto Rico, not only a, an arena. Um, and I'm happy with the way it's continuing. That's part of the booking that I'm thinking they are getting right. Yeah. Can we then move on to perhaps the best women's match I've seen in a hell of a long time? I'm happy to say that all of us successfully predicted that Rhea Ripley would go over Charlotte. But this to me was like the... How do I word this? It was hard-hitting... In, the, in a way that it can be for the women's match, like the triple threat intercontinental title match was. This, I thought, was brilliant. Whoever booked I don't know who the booker was for this match, or the producer, really, really well done. Made both of them look amazing, even Charlotte with the fact that she was losing. But, you know, Rhea Ripley, she's so over, and it was absolutely the right decision for herself to, you know, t- take the title this time. Um yeah, uh, another match where I thought, I'm interested because I want to see who's going to win. However, if I'm thirsty or hungry, I might get up and go and get something. <laughs> Again, I didn't. I didn't on this one. I sat there and watched the whole thing, and it was one of my favourite matches of the entire weekend. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, absolutely great match. Um, it lived up to expectation. I think that, you know, we've seen the one during the, the lockdown era, and that one was overshadowed it wasn't as good as it could be but actually having the fans reaction to it hearing everybody pop when she hits the rip that riptide off the top rope as well like I thought she was going to slam her right through the ring the only bit that I didn't like um, and again the average viewer is not going to see it but when you see Charlotte Flair leaning up against the ring after the pinfall where she's just been knocked out you can see her smiling like she's really happy she passed the torch like for a smart like myself who watches out for those things you kind of wanted to sell it a little bit more that she's battered and exhausted. Um, other than that, though, yeah, this match was what well, if you asked me to like rate the top five matches of the weekend, this, like I said, with the AEW, not the AEW match, the NXT match uh, with Gorgano, this mm-hmm. match, um, this is in my one of my top five. I thought it was absolutely incredible. And it's, it's one of those ones when you go back to rewatch WrestleMania from years gone by, this will be a match that you look forward to rewatching again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So we got a quick impromptu match we did then, a quick just under four-minute match where The Miz and Snoop Dogg were in the ring and Snoop Dogg basically said, well, I'm a co-host of WrestleMania, so I'm going to make a match. And Miz, you're fighting and here's your opponent. And it was the returning Pat McAfee for one night only again. And, you know, we've said it before. I don't think there's much to say about this. And obviously it's not in our predictions, but it was nice to see him. Um, he can go. He's, you know, I think unfortunately Logan Paul's taken the crown as far as the one of the best non-wrestlers who were wrestling. But you know, we've seen from Pat McAfee's performances before when he's actually had a decent amount of time in the ring during a match rather than just a two or three minute match. That um, you know, he's entertaining enough. Did he not? What's lose the name the- of that guy? Um, that, was it Barry Kettle or something? The one George who um, ended. I George cannot Pat. confirm either way, as it may be 
in the quiz later on. Hell. We will well, go I, on to that. Like San Francisco you know, 49ers guy. You know, yeah. when we were in the UK, like if he was in the UK, and if we had like Darren Fletcher, for example, uh, there's two different Darren Fletchers. There's the football commentator and there's also the um, coach, one of Man United's coaches. If he was in the audience and he jumped over the railings and clotheslined over Rey Mysterio, us in the UK, we're like, that's Darren Fletcher there. That was good, wasn't it? It's like the same in America. Mr. Yeah. Kettle, like, how many of them actually know who this Kettle guy is? I watch NFL and I don't know who he is. If Aaron Rodgers was there or Tom Brady, like, I know, I, I barely know who that oh, Gronk was when he did it at the time. But oh, when they're God, like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's this guy and he plays the Cincinnati Bengals 10 years ago, I, I don't know who he is. It's like when they went to Saudi Arabia and they had the the karate, what was it, the karate player? And he joined. They, they do it every time they're in a different area of the country. But I just, I miss the kettle. I, I, when I look back at WrestleMania, you say, oh, famous faces that have been at Mania. You know, you always remember Jonathan Taylor Thomas there. You, you remember Macaulay Culkin being in the audience, Adam Sandler, Mr. Kettle. Like, all right, fair enough. I'm really going to remember him because he's got a name like a kitchen appliance. I can't say any more, like I said, because it may be in the quiz later on. Main event time for night one. We have new undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions in the form of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who beat the Usos. And guys, I'm going to say it, about 10 minutes into the match, I was shattered. I fell asleep. It finally oh, I didn't even quite make it through. So when I woke up, luckily I was able to just fast forward it and... Watch it back. Don't worry, Joe also. fell asleep during the Cody Roman match. So, God. <laughs> so yeah, don't don't worry about it. I did go back and watch it without it being spoiled. Um, and again, the right decision on this on this one. And again, another highly entertaining match. The crowd were up for it. They were loving it. Of course, they were loving it. And just so that last two or three minutes of the the you know the build up, the the closure of the match, you know, when they're sending it home. The crowd were hot for it, weren't they, Joe? Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Like, how many Kaluva kicks does Sammy Dane do? Like, four or five, and then um, Kevin Owens did, like, ten pop-up powerbombs. So, you know, it wasn't a squash by any means. They really put over, like, how tough the Usos were, you know. And obviously, Usos, like, they're a generational talent. They've been tag team champions for over a year for good reason. I think it is a good time for them to pass it over. And, you know, it's been Sammy's year. You know, Sammy Zayn's been the MVP this entire year. You know, fortunately, he did win the big one, Elimination Chamber. So he needed a big moment at WrestleMania. He's so over. And, you know, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens coming together and winning the championship together. It's kind of like puts a bow on it. And they both deserve it. Match of the night for you, Dan? Or do you think some of the others took, took it? Um, I think it's tough. I think that Rhea Ripley um, Charlotte Flair match is probably match of night one. It is up there, a very good match, and it gave the people what they want. And I think well, you know what Vince is like and, and the WWE is like. They don't want to give the people always what they want. I mean, you look at that one WrestleMania when we, we got given AJ Styles versus um, Shinsuke Nakamura, and we got the match that we want. We didn't get the result that we wanted um, in terms of the whole of WrestleMania. We got partially what we wanted with the new tag team champions being crowned. But then at the end of night two, we de- none of us definitely got what we wanted. Um, but no, we the result of it, it makes sense. You know, they last were tag team champions when they were in Ring of Honor um, and just outside. And at the press conference afterwards where they were praising the Briscoes and, 
helping them and, and thanking them for the starting them on that journey. Yeah, it was a nice cap. And I think we all ended night one going, if night two is as good as this, this could be up there with some of the best WrestleManias that we've seen. Um, I'm never going to get on to that in a second, and it didn't. But yeah, this was a great match, and it is up there as potentially being in the, the top five matches of the weekend. Overall, well, we we all got a um, we all got a point. I will say for that one, but I'll give you a quick rundown of what our prediction scores are looking like just at the moment. Of course, we're adding them on to Elimination Chamber and Royal Rumble. But after night one of Mania, I'm on fourteen points. Jamie's on thirteen. Joey's on fourteen, and Daddy's on thirteen. So there is only a point to go between it. Just before we move on to night two, then your graded. Graded grade, is that the right term? Your grade, let's yeah. just say, for I'd give it a night B. one. I think night one was a B. There was two really good, amazing matches, Um, you know, really good placement on it. The, the stadium looked amazing. Some of the commentary was a little bit touch base. But, yeah, I'd give it a B. I think a solid B. Joe? I agree. I, I really enjoyed night one. I said to Dan, I was like, I'm buzzing for night two now. I hope it's as good as this. Like, night one... Um, the only thing about night one, maybe it's had predictable, but I I think it was predictable in a good way. Like because we we all got what we wanted out of it. Like all the wins were deserved wins, and I was like really happy about it. I was like, oh, okay, the night one is great. Jamie has sent me his little write up as far as everything, and he's actually <laughs> said, "Can you believe it?" Can you it? do it in the voice of Lord Farquhar from <laughs> Lord Farquhar. Um, He's doing it. He's given it rather a B plus. Oh, a B plus eight out of ten. Um, he has said that the tag titles match was a five star match. It's the best tag title match he's seen in WWE history, especially with Sammy finally getting his moments. So take that from what you will the best he's ever seen um i'm i'm quite happy with a b a b b plus that type of thing i thought it was a very very entertaining solid um first night i think the only match i wasn't too but if you take pat mcafee the miss out of the equation um because it doesn't really count it was only really the six women tag team match that i wasn't that bothered about everything else was bang on point even on the predictions i didn't get right I was thoroughly sports entertained. Which brings us on to WrestleMania Sunday night two. Just the seven matches, not the eight for this one. And we kicked off with the two giants of the squared circle. Brock Lesnar (laughs) versus Omos. (laughs) And can I just say... Well, first of all, unfortunately, Joe, you were the only one that went with Omos. So, point for you. But can I just say, this match was much better, Joe, than I thought it was going to be. It did what it needed to do. And, yeah, I I still thought Omos looked quite strong. And, yeah, I I wasn't... Put put it this way, I didn't come out of it thinking, wow, what a train wreck. I thought it was all right. Yeah, I was the same as you. I thought this was going to be absolute... Dog, you know what? Um, yeah, Omos is getting a lot better. And obviously, Brock is the veteran, but you know what Brock's like? If he wants to do business, he'll have a great match. But if he doesn't want to do business, then it'll be a shit match. You look like on this, like he did want to do business. He did actually put Omos over on a couple of occasions, but obviously, 
these these robots happen on Raw and the deal that's going in the place we want to build Brock up again because he's the U he's the UFC fighting guy. So at the time I was like, why why does why is Brock win? Why does he need to win? Like oh Ross is obviously the newer guy, he needs the rub. Like why is Brock winning? And then obviously what's happened in the last couple of days has happened. They're like, oh that's why they did it. But at the time I'm like, this makes no sense. You on the kind of on the same wavelength, Ben or Were you disappointed? No, I'm happy with it. I think there was a lot of selling for it. was a five minute match, and for at least two, three minutes of it, Brock Lesnar was selling a lot of the the hits. Um, but eventually, F five, one, two, three, see you bye. Um, great result. Fans were happy. Great way to open up the show. And I'm glad it was the opening match as well because it set sort of tried to set the tone for where things were going. Uh, but no, I'm I'm happy with it. And then when you see that Omos squashes Elias. The next night, the Raw after WrestleMania, it hasn't really hurt him because he's going back on that dominating run that you said you wanted to see last week. That he's eaten through opponents, so they can easily build him back up, and it now elevates Brock to what he's going to now be going on to be doing over the next couple of months. So yeah, I was I was actually quite happy with it, and I thought it was carrying on in the same trend as night one. Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler for the next one, defeating oh. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Shotzi, and Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. From from such a look, I, I, did, I never thought it was going to be as good as the men's fatal four way. But <laughs> that's it, an understatement. Yeah, I, the the one thing I didn't like about it, apart from the fact that obviously we all got the points because we all said Ronda and Shayna. It was very, very obvious, therefore, that Ronda was injured because she did, and by nothing, you know, she did do nothing. She just came in at the end, didn't she, and picked up the victory. So you could tell that there was a, you know, a legitimate injury there that she's dealing with. But, yeah, guys, it was a bit bored. Everyone seemed a bit confused. In the men's one, it was like, it was a fatal four-way match. So there was four people in there to tag their partners. With this one, it was a... in a way, they had to tag other people. But it was the case that Ronda and Shayna just stayed on the outside, stood by the turnbuckle and hid for the entire match. Everybody was doing their over-the-top rope jumpy spots. And then at the end, they come in, hit their finisher, make somebody tap out, and then they go home. Um, I didn't like this match. If you asked me to pick the three worst matches over the WrestleMania night, uh, or, or the nights even, including NXT, this was dreadful. Um, if I go back and ever rewatch WrestleMania, I'm going to remember this match just to remember to skip it. I know that sounds really hard. But I got the result I wanted, but the match was absolutely gash. Yeah, it wasn't great. Shall we move on? Yeah. yeah. But who predicted? Who, who, who predicted who on that? Did we all predict Ronda? We all, we all went, yeah, we all went for the same one. Yeah, it was so all of us. The best match of the night by far, guys. The triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. The big, meaty slapping of the meats, men. That sounds so wrong, doesn't it? Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. Um, yeah, let's look at our predictions first of all. Three for Sheamus, one for Gunther. <laughs> oh, no, wait, it was me. I was right. Look, I we spoke about it last week, didn't we? We said it'd be nice for Drew to get a championship win at Mania in front of everyone because he didn't get one last time. Sheamus, it'd be great because it's the one title he hasn't got, and Gunther just to confirm that dominance so far. And I just had a feeling they were going to do that, and they did, which is surprising when it seemed like Vince was more in charge of this night than the other. And he's, you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily think he's that hot on Gunther compared to Triple H. 
hence the name change from Walter to Gunter. But I obviously I'm not disappointed with the result because that's what I predicted. But I'm really not disappointed with the result because, guys, that was he probably just tips it for the best match of the entire weekend. Yeah. It's up there. I pref- if you ask me which I prefer, I prefer Sheamus versus Gunther at Clash. That was a much better match in my eyes. Um, it was a great match. We knew what we were going to get. They're all going to be slapping meat. We had to put up with Titus O'Neill for it and Mike's hard lemonade soda thing. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's right in the centre of the card. It was one of, I would say, probably say it was the match of night two. Um, but the result, I'm fine with the result. Um, I just hope they do something with it and that Gunther doesn't get boring. That's, the only, that's my only worry about it is I know they're going for the long streak, but you do need to freshen things up sometimes. I knew where it would go if it went on Sheamus. But I don't know where it's going to go with Gunther. So it'll be interesting to see on SmackDown whether he does an open challenge, what happens with that. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be more interesting in the fact that I think based on Raw and Smack, uh, Raw and even SmackDown, it doesn't look like that's going to happen either. That Bron Breaker is potentially going to appear or open some sort of challenge, which I suppose in a sense he may still do on Friday, but that wouldn't make much sense now with the hashtag spoiler he'll turn from this week on NXT. It sounds like he's sticking around for a bit longer, even after he did lose the NXT title. So, I, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I don't really know where Gunther's going to go with it now. He obviously has to drop it at some point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But as far as the match goes, absolutely fantastic. What we wanted and more, what we got from Clash of the Castle and more, the added... Um, you know, the added element of Drew McIntyre didn't take away from, you know, the match. It, it did make it better. And I'm not always a big fan of triple threat matches because they're not always booked that well because, you know, there's three men in a match, it's not not four. You know, if, at least if it's a fatal four-way, there's usually two off one side, two off on the other. They can do it when it's three. It can be a bit more of a cluster. Didn't feel like it in this match. I thought it was fantastic. Really did. I agree. Right then, uh, where are we at? So, be, uh, disappointing is what I can say for the next match. Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Give us your thoughts on this one, Joe. Oh, I'm so frustrated. Like, I'm such a big Asuka fan. And as I said on last week's pod, I like Bianca Belair, but like her stick, like I'm the bestest, the fastest, the strongest. Like, she's been doing the same stick, stick from NXT. She's when she debuted five years ago, like I'm just a bit sick of her stuff. But it was a really good match. Like she asked did the tribute to the Great Mutant with like the blue mist. It was just yeah, it was just alright. It was just a bit off. I don't know what to say about it. Like it was okay. It wasn't awful, but it was a great for it. it just seemed just really off. But like when obviously you saw like Bianca Belair coming out with all of those like dancers like doing the hair thing and I was like like, oh, yeah, OK, she's really over. It's like, she's probably going to win. But, yeah, this match, I don't know. It's just really off for me. I, yeah, Bianca Belair at least change her character. Like, the EST thing yeah. was great in NXT, but I'm getting really bored with it now. Like, I'm not, I don't dislike Bianca Bella. Like, I don't hate her. Like, but I, she needs to, something needs to change. I'm not sure. For your first dance. Yeah, I mean, with any match, you say, oh, tell me something. One thing that happened in that match, the only thing that I can remember is Asuka went for the mist in tribute to the Great Muta um, and missed the mist. Um, and you knew then KOD one, two, three. 
Um, I predicted it. It's the result that I wanted to happen. I'm not. I, I would disagree with you. I don't feel that the EST gimmick has gone stale, and I think that she is the John Cena of the women's division. She is the um, this generation's John Cena. Um, you know, she's somebody that is record setting. Um, but you look at Asuka now, five, zero and five at WrestleMania, and she tweeted out afterwards that she might just give it all up and go back to Japan. I hope not because I really enjoy Asuka and I like this new Kana gimmick. But I would disagree. I think that was the right result. And it's interesting to see, you know, where, where it's going now with Rhea Ripley, other challenges. Um, apparently, on Raw, there was supposed to be, I know we'll get on to Raw in a second, there was supposed to be two triple threat matches to crown a new number one contender. Um, who would have been a part of that? Where was that going? I don't know. But I'm happy with the results. Um, and yeah, it builds her up. I think she, she is the next John Cena, basically. As far as our predictions go, only two of us said Bianca Belair, and that was me and you, Dan. Yeah. So that's a point for each. We'll take that. I'm looking at this now. Oh, this is starting <laughs> to heat up. This is starting to heat up. <laughs> so we we had next the return. Here comes the bloody money. The return. Oh. The return heard round the world for all the wrong reasons. So, of course, everybody's seen it now. But Shane McMahon came out as a surprise opponent for The Miz on night two. And through a few of those terrible punches that he does, <laughs> Irish whip into the rope for The Miz. Um, you know, down on the floor so The Miz could jump over him at Leapfrog. And then it all tore, it all broke, it all snapped, dear God. And the way he went down, the way he went down, you could tell that it wasn't a work. It, it was real. And he went to get back up and he fell and over. And he again. did, and he just, well, he went to get back up. And I thought his ankle had snapped or something. The way he fell back down, it was terrible. <laughs> um, and you could just tell from the way he was down. And, whatnot. And, and even the look on the Miz's face, he did look slightly panicked as well. You could see that he was thinking, oh, God. But full credit to Snoop. I've read a few th things online now that say he was kind of, obviously the referees have an earpiece in, he was kind of directed by one of the referees on the outside to do something, but effectively he just went with the flow, a couple of just people's elbow, I don't even think that was necessarily called to him by the referee, he just did it and then went for a pinfall and, and it was counted. So the match went from being Shane and the Miz to Snoop and the Miz, effectively called on the fly. Another one, he's a fan of Snoop. He gets it. There would be other wrestlers who were put in that situation who would be like, oh, my God, what do I do? Would freeze it up and wouldn't even think to ad-lib on the fly. And he did, and he's not even a talent, so fair play to him. Undefeated at WrestleMania now as well. Undefeated at WrestleMania. And I suppose, in a way, no more to say about that. Going from one injury to another... The Hell in a Cell match, Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor. So we said before, and we weren't expecting anything amazing from the match with it being a Hell in a Cell. We expected Gangrel. We didn't get it. We got Brood Edge. What the hell is Brood Edge? Because that was a Brood Edge. The costume was great, but that had nothing to do with a Brood. No costume like the Brood. No theme from the Brood. No Gangrel. No Christian, obviously, but there weren't rumours. Um I liked Finn Balor's makeup where it was purple, like the Judgment Day side of things. It was good to see that. And yeah, like I said, we 
we weren't expecting necessarily to be a, a hell in a cell match for the ages, everything to be within the cell, which it was. Why they have to colour those weapons individually is absolutely ridiculous. They <laughs> might as well as yeah, well they yeah, might as well have had this the cinnamon toe toast crunch match, whatever it was called. Well, they were well sponsored by the Omen or the Exorcist or something, and the fans apparently booed it. It was the new um, the, thingy the film, yeah. Exorcist or something yeah. Like that. And they did boo it in the crowd, just another bit of market uh, product placement. Um, now, props to Finn Balor, first of all, because he got that ladder thrown at him by Edge <laughs> and the gash on his head. They had to, because people were booing that it got stopped temporarily, didn't it? And even I was thinking, oh, God, there's a bit of blood to stop it. They're not doing this again, are they? But his head split open. They had to staple it in the middle of the ring. And the fact he still wrestled for another five, six, seven minutes, absolute props to him. Brilliant. But it wasn't a great match, really, was it, Dan? There was something missing from this one. Yeah, I think they probably had a lot of spots that were planned for it. And then when that gash happened, you saw that big scar on his head. Um, I'm kudos to him for carrying on as long as he did. You know, when I like I said, what spots can you remember from this match? I remember the with the kendo sticks. And Joe and I were um, laughing, going, "Oh look, they got lightsabers! They're at each other with lightsabers because they're all different colours. One was green, one was purple, one was red." But he tied him up in the corner of the cell, drop kicked him. But Finn was kind of doing this thing that. He was knocked out for a second and then he would come back like a zombie and go, ah. Um, that ladder throwing spot, oh, yeah, they should have taken that out. That's what eventually split his head. Edge really reacted well. He went around the ring, he started setting up a few ladders, which he's famous for, uh, different areas, making sure there were weapons involved. But it, it, like when I look back at Hell in the Cell matches, it's not going to be one that I go, oh, that was one of the matches of the night. That was an incredible Hell in the Cell match. Yes, it seems to have now ended that feud, which is great. Um, but it's a shame. I think it could have been one of the matches of the, the night. But because of that injury, it is what it is. You're not going to beat up either of the opponents for um, making that match crap because it's not it's not their fault. Stuff like that happens. Um, and ultimately, it ended a really good feud. No, it did. Right. It did end the feud. However... Only one person yet again got that prediction right. And it was me, Joe. It was me. So Yeah, it, it was an alright match. His dad said, like, unfortunately the the injury happened. I think it was cut short. Um as Dad said there was like it was very like cartoonish, like painting the the weapons like different colours. And what was uh, what was it with that ledge inside the hell in the cell film Balor like jumped off? I was like well, Jamie messaged that to me. He was like, oh, yeah, there's that ledge that's always in the cell, isn't it? Yeah, that's never <laughs> been in the cell, obviously. Yeah, that was mecha weird. I'm like, oh, OK, that's, that's very Ooh. convenient. There's a ledge I don't know what you're on about, there. guys. I didn't see a ledge. No, what about, yeah, was he not? It was the demeaning powers. He was just floating. He was hovering, he was. He was hovering in the... I didn't see uh, a ledge. Do you know what you're on about? No, it, it, it wasn't great. I was happy with the result in that sense. And again, props to Balor for carrying on with his injury. But... Nothing to write home about it, and in a way, maybe glad that this feud is finally over because we're probably into the last year of Edge Wrestling now. I imagine he's going to finish up around this time next year, maybe it may be next year. Um, yeah, he definitely edged that one. Indeed, no more comment on that. Thank you, Dan. Main event time. So, the crowd were hot for it. Great reaction for Cody, great reaction for Reigns as well as in the heat side of things. It was really, really cool. Um, 
match wise, yeah, but very, very good. Um, a lot of near near falls. Nothing amazing to the point where I thought, wow, I didn't think they do well. Other than the result, when I say wow, I didn't think they do that. But within the match itself, it was quite standard, but in a you know a positive way. There was nothing negative about the actual match side of things itself. So I don't think we necessarily need to break that down. Apart from, of course, the ending and the result. I'm absolutely furious. No, do you know why I'm furious, Joe? I'm furious because you know I was putting reins and I changed it at the last minute to Cody to agree <laughs> with everyone. Why did I not do it? So none of us got their yeah. point. Just to cushion the blow before we go on to talking about that, I will let you know that the pay-per-view predictions have finished after Mania on me on 18 points, Jamie on 15, Joe on 15, and Dan on 16. So I have a two-point lead. It was all because of Edge. It was all because of Gunther. Could have been a three-point lead if I'd have stuck to my guns with Reigns. Sorry, I'm taking your quiz lead today anyway. (laughs) Well, you probably are, yeah. So, yeah, Roman Reigns continues to be the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion of the world. Cody did not do it. He did not fulfil the dream of his father. He did not fulfil the legacy of the Rhodes family. Reigns continues to be the world champion, Dan. Yeah, it's, like Joe said, fuming. Um, When I saw that, I, I thought, how can you do that? But then you look at it and you go, Reigns is on like 960 days as champion. What's Bruno Sammartino's record? It's in the 1200s. Um, you know, people are going, oh, is he going to be SummerSlam? Is he going to go for Bruno's record? I think it's not a case of when is he going to lose it. I think it will be very surprising when it happens. I think all of us are just thinking it's a foregone conclusion. He's never going to get beaten now. Um, when you had the new tag team champions run down to the ring, even at the odds, you know, and you had Solo who'd been sent to the back, you're thinking everything's all even, he's got this now. He hits the crossroads and he goes into the corner and then he gets Samoan spiked by him. You know, the referee's distracted, he didn't know what's happened. In terms of an actual match, like if you didn't see the build and you just watched the match, you'd be like, oh, actually, that was a really decent match. But with the amount of build, the amount of effort that they put in, thinking that we're going to get a new champion being crowned, he's finishing the story. It, I think it just, it deflated, it, it didn't send everybody home happy. It sent everybody home deflated. And again, on Raw the next night, it made everybody deflated again. And then when you find out the Vince McMahon story that actually Vince is back in charge and he's going through creative and he's producing it. Yeah, you can tell he had his hands all over that. Um, going back and watching it, yeah, it's probably one of the, the better of the WrestleMania main events of all time. Um, but also, if we look at it here in the now, absolutely hated it. I mean, we were all seeing it when The Rock beat John Cena. We were all going, oh, the Rock's part-timer, John Cena's definitely going to win. And The Rock walked away, you know, John Cena with his arms folded on the ramp, really deflated, and the fans were booing. But ultimately, you look back at it 10 years later, and it was the right call. So I'm going to continue on this journey and hope that it is the right call. But we all thought this was the end of the story and end of the bloodline. If if it leads, I'm thinking it's going to go on to Money in the Bank. Cody wins Money in the Bank and cashes in impromptu. That's where it's singing to me right now, if you ask me to predict it. But at this stage now, it's unpredictable. You don't know where it's going. A UFC could fighter could be winning the belt off him for all we know. Um, yeah, bit deflated, not happy with it. But at the end of the day, we're fans and we're still paying attention and we're still tuning in the next day. So still got us hooked. So it's doing the right thing. Bill, you said you're fuming. 
Yeah, like as Dan said, there's been so much build, like like finish, you know, Road Road series. I want to finish my story. Like I I was like the prodigal son. I was in NXT, then I went away and started my own company. And he's been they've been building Cody, building Cody, building Cody. And he's won the Royal Rumble, and he's been so close, and to come so close yet, you know, finally lose it as the final herd on. I'm like. Well, what's all this building for? Why have you building Cody Rhodes for so long? And then the final minute, not give it to him. And then I'm just like, what, why would you do that? And then I'm like, okay, well, this puts more... As Dad said, I was I was absolutely fuming about it because you've spent all these months building up Cody Rhodes, like making him the next star. Like, he's so over. What do you want to talk about? Like, everyone's, everyone's captivate, captivated by him. He's like such a character. And then... From Roman Reigns to Mateen, you're like, well, what was the point in all of that? And then you're like, oh, it makes Roman, it makes, it makes you care more, I think, about Cody Rhodes. Like, it makes you, it does make you feel something because you're so invested in Cody Rhodes. You wanted him to win so much, and like, it yeah. hurts for him to lose. Like, I, I realize that now after the fact, but at the time, I was like, absolutely furious. I just think that. Yes, I, I did go with Cody, and I know I should have gone with Reigns, like I've just said. I was that close to putting Reigns on, I just had a feeling it was going to happen. Never bet against Reigns. So, in a way, I'm not too disappointed with the result, because I did have a sneaking suspicion it was going to happen. However, it should have been Cody, because who is realistically now going to take the title off Reigns? The answer is Cody, because there isn't anybody else. So Cody will do it eventually, whether it be at Money in the Bank, whether it be at Survivor Series. Christ, whether they drag it out another year. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but, you know, it could be Mania next. He could hold it for yet another year. He's going to hit that, you know, thousand days anyway, let's be honest. Um, And that's probably why they've done it. But if Cody is going to pick up the title anyway, which he's going to because nobody else is going to, why did it not just happen on Sunday when that was the end of everything? The big conclusion, the implosion of the bloodline, Reigns can have his time off, the Usos have lost a tile, that storyline's over. A brilliant storyline for the last two or three years of the bloodline. Fantastic, it accumulates to everything. Cody picks it up, bloodline's gone, legacy of the Rose family, absolute fantastic. Well, if Cody's just going to take the title off him anyway, it's almost going to put a damper on it. Don't get me wrong. People will be happy when he's finally done it, but then they will all just turn around and go, well, why didn't we just have that happen at Mania when it should have happened? That's that's the issue I have with it. So I'm not too disappointed that Reigns is still the champion, but I am on that other aspect as well. Anyway, night two, Mania. What's your grade, Dan? Um, I, I would have gone D, but because we had um, a really good Intercontinental title match, the Hell in the Cell match um, had a lot of good theatrics to it. I'm going to go with a C. It's like C minus, but I'll go C. But if it wasn't for those two matches, it would have been D, mainly because of the main event result and a lot of it was a bit flim flam. So I'll go with a C, I think. Yep. Yeah, C. Inter- Intercontinental Championship match um, saved it for me. Um, as Dan said, the Hell in the Cell match was pretty good. I, I think it could have been better, but obviously the, the injury stopped that. Everything else Dad said on, on media was just a bit there. And obviously the main event was a massive deflation. Um yeah, so like C virtual D for me. So yeah, C minus. Amy gave this one a 
D minus three out of ten. <laughs> He's given the event overall a C plus. I would probably also go with a D. Um, so I think, do you know, I'm pretty much on the same line as Jamie on this one. B B plus for night one, D D minus for night two, C C plus overall. It mm. really did just drag it down. Did night two? Otherwise, this could have been an absolute bang on solid B of a WrestleMania. Just taking night one in context was probably the best WrestleMania in years, as far as I'm concerned, honestly, in years. But when you take it overall, WrestleMania as a pay-per-view, as a premium live event, it ended up just being very lacklustre because of a very poor night too. Yeah, it made us all go away and be deflated. And I was talking to some lads in the office, talking to Brad, and we were just like going, yeah, I'm fuming. And they're seeing the raw results as well, even more fuming. You're thinking, we'll, all right, lift me back up, and they didn't. Um, yeah, and we'll quickly brush over Raw um, before we get on to our quiz, because I'm conscious of time for everybody. But, yeah, I, it just wasn't a great show. As soon as they announced that tag match involving Lesnar and Cody Rhodes, I just knew something was going to happen. I thought we'd get a full match, and I thought, oh, Brock Lesnar really is going to wrestle for like the first time in like 15 years on Raw. Since 2004, yeah. Yeah, and then he's going to do something. But the fact that it happened even before the match, that, I'm sorry, just helps Vince McMahon all over it. And then the rest of the event itself, just, just nothing happened. Nothing happened. Oh, and can we also mention the fact that the worst thing about Mania as well, certainly night one, here he is, everybody, the winner of the Battle Royal, Bobby Lashley. Oh, good, he's going to come out and challenge somebody. He's going to be this open challenge. He stood there, waved, walked off. You never saw him at LA night, never turned up. Yeah, but if you watch Raw, he did the build uh, with uh, Bronson Reed. Bronson, Bronson Reed. Reed's like... Yeah, who's changed his character. He's now wearing like a pimp suit and he's using language he's never used before. He's, he's turning into the new bloody Brodus Clay. I swear to God. Well, he's wearing, he's like, like a professional fighter and he's like yeah i'm your understudy thank you for that you taught me a lesson and apparently that you know it's building up to a match potentially at backlash or maybe a raw next week you never know um but it did put more towards the build on raw but yeah it would, everyone was like yeah we want la night and think of the pop he would have got actually in la as well but hey ho things that didn't happen hey ho we'll wait for smackdown shall we quiz it yes we can so the quiz looks like this. The quiz leaderboard. Dan is on three. Joe is on one. Jamie's on three. And I'm on three. So, Joe, you can bring it up to two points here or Dan can take a lead on Ooh. everyone. Obviously, with our issues that we had last week. And again, everybody, thank you for your patience with that. We did have a quiz, which Dan won. It's the quiz that never happened, but he still got the point because it did happen. He just didn't record. So this quiz, I hope you watched wrestlemania this weekend because it's literally all based on wrestlemania this weekend however it might be a little bit more difficult than you think okay question one in the logan paul versus seth freaking slash franklin rollins match ksi dressed up as a bottle of prime but what flavor bottle of prime did he dress up as it's all about that flavor Cool. Question two, I will give a point to the closest for this one. I'm not expecting you to get it exact. What was the combined attendance over both nights of WrestleMania? And when I say the combined attendance, what the WWE said, it was probably about 30,000 less overall or 40,000 less overall than what they say. But let's see. 
Question three. George Kittle appeared and helped Pat McAfee defeat The Miz. But what NFL team does he play for? I wonder. I wonder indeed. (laughs) Question four. Jonathan Cena, John Cena, competed for the United States Championship at WrestleMania 39. But this was his first WrestleMania appearance since which WrestleMania? His first WrestleMania appearance since which WrestleMania? You mean what was the last WrestleMania we could be at? Which was his last WrestleMania appearance ah, before cool. this one? Question five. Point for the closest. The Usos lost the Undisputed Tag Team Championships after how many days as champions? Now, I've had a look at this. It does give a number of days. However, it says it's from when they started as SmackDown Tag Champions and then it combines. So we'll say from when they first picked up the titles as the SmackDown titles and they then combined it with the Raw Bombs. You've given a point to the closest to it. I will give a point to the closest, the number of days. Cool. Question six, including this WrestleMania, how many main events has Roman Reigns had at WrestleMania? Cool. Question seven, after WrestleMania 39, the WrestleMania that just took place, what is Braun Strowman's WrestleMania record? Your clue is he has had four matches. What is his WrestleMania record? Cool. Question eight. Bianca Belair has now competed in a title match for how many WrestleManias in a row? Cool. You're loving these ones. Question nine. Who portrayed Eleven from Stranger Things in a WrestleMania trailer parody this year? Cool. And question 10, listen to the question, I will explain it a bit better. Which night, Saturday or Sunday, had the longest combined match times in minutes? So not the not the whole of Saturday night and the whole of Sunday night. If you just take the matches bell to bell and add up all the times of the matches, which matches when added all together went on the longest? The matches from Saturday night or the matches from Sunday night? Don't have to give me the times, it was just which night. Cool. I've got an answer for everything. Lovely. Right, let's go with question one. Joe, what flavour prime was KSI dressed as? Blueberry. I know it was blue, so I just put blueberry. Dan. Yeah, same. Oh, it was blue raspberry. You were both so close. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a different fruit. A blueberry and a raspberry are no, a different thing. you take rasp out of it. Blue berry. I'm right, afraid I can't give you a point. Well, we've Question two. Anyway, so yeah, exactly. What was the combined attendance, Joe? 160,000. Dan? It was 162,000. I'm afraid I have to give it to Dan. It was 161,892. So Dan gets yeah. the point. But Dan, whilst we're with you, what was the NFL team that George Kittle plays for? 49ers. San Francisco 49ers. Joe Did said you? it earlier, actually. Did you indeed, Joe? There we go. There's your pointage. Joe, which WrestleMania before this one was the last appearance at WrestleMania for John Cena? WrestleMania 28. Dan? 36 against Bray Wyatt. It was the cinematic match. 36. There you go. 
Dan, the Usos lost the tag titles after how many days as champions? 737. Joe? About 680. Joe with the point, 622. Oh. Joe, including this event, at how many main events has Roman Reigns had at Mania? Eight. Dan? Seven. It was seven. This was his seventh. And Dan, what's Braun Strowman's WrestleMania record? One and three. Joe? Uh, zero, four. It was one and three. He, of course, lost Joe at the weekend. He did not win the tag team match. Yeah. Bianca Belair is now competed in the title match at how many Manias in a row, Joe? Three. Dan? Yep, three. Point for each of you. Well done. And Dan, who portrayed 11 from Stranger Things in this year's WrestleMania parody trailer? I think it was um, Rhea Ripley. Joe? Rhea Bloody Ripley. Rhea Bloody Ripley. And Joe, which night, Saturday or Sunday, had the longest combined match times? I put Sunday. Dan? Same night too. So, night one had, when you combine all the matches together, 115 minutes and 50 seconds of action. And night two had... 99 minutes and 90 Ooh. seconds of action. So it was actually night one. Oh, well. Don't forget there was technically an extra match as well on night one, but they did go True. on slightly longer. So it was night one, the answer. So, so I'll look your scores. What have you got? I got seven. I got four. Dan takes this one rather easy. There was no tiebreaker, so I can't give you that. So Dan's on four, Joe's on one, Jamie's on three, and I'm on three. And that's the end of the quiz. So then, Dan... Or Joe, either of you. Go on, Joe. Where can everybody find us on the socials? You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We are at Grapplecast Show. Lovely. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a download. And give us a subscribe so you'll never, ever miss a show. Give us a rating whilst you're at it as well. We do like a good rating. Well, we hope you all enjoyed WrestleMania. We certainly enjoyed Night One. Um, and everything else that came from it, or did we? Probably not, because it was 9-2 and Raw. But hopefully SmackDown this week is better. But enjoy the rest of your week, everybody, and we will join you next week for, we're hoping, a special episode, which we will keep under wraps until then. But, Dan, if you'd like to sign us off. Yeah, well, to be honest, I couldn't have done it any, any better than that. But thank you very much for tuning in, everybody, and hope you have a lovely Easter break. Lovely. Ta-ra, guys. Bring the bell!